Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Man, I love it. I love it. And you know what? The other thing too, you know, this past DNA class, I think we had a little bit over 97 registrations here at our DNA class. And with our Spanish service, I think it comes up to like 114 or something like that. And so our Spanish service is also doing uh, DNA right now. And so we're so excited about that, you guys. And, you know, we've known for years now that this facility can't handle um, the growth that God is causing to happen through new families coming and connecting and being online and being live in person. And so we're always on the constant lookout for how to get, you know, to plant another campus in the South Bay, how to get another facility. And right now it's just not the season to buy. But, you know, when God owns it all anyways, right, like if it's his will, it's his bill. And so he'll take care of it. It's just a matter of time. And I know, I know that God is going to bring multi-millionaires and billionaires just to come in and go, hey, you know what, I'll buy that property for you guys. I'll give all the glory to God. Why not? Why not? He owns it all anyways. It's a great tax write-off too. So. <laughs> Won't he do it? Won't he do it? God, God always does it. And, um, you know, one of my friends, um, he bought a Kmart in Las Vegas. And he had multimillionaires come alongside of him and said, man, I love what, you got, what you're doing in Sin City. And we're going to take this city for Jesus and just started writing checks. And they bought a 100,000 square facility, you know, in Las Vegas for the glory of God. And so, and I have another friend who's buying another massive facility. I think it was an old Kmart in Fullerton and, you know, Freedom House out there in, in, uh, in uh, gosh, yeah, in Fullerton. And so they're, they're, they're doing that. So, I mean, even though we live in California and everything is incredibly expensive, God owns it all anyways. It's all his anyways. So we're just going to continue to believe for God. We may need to add another service to our Sunday services just to make room. Um, but I would prefer, you know what would be cool is if we could just take over Londo High School for the rest of the year. And just kind of get in there on Sundays. So, man, you're going to love the spot. It is really cool. Come on. It, it is really, really cool. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cause you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be able to just take to get a taste of just what the beginning of our next season looks like by just stepping in, into that place. Um, over 14 years ago, when I was asked to come in and become the pastor uh, of the church that was here along with the church that Roxanne and I pioneered in Redondo Beach, um, I, I remember just praying about it. I remember like, man, do I really we really want to do this you know is this I mean we're in revival in Redondo we're we're suffering for Jesus a block from the beach you know <laughs> you know this is where I grew up you know Redondo is where I grew up Londo's where I did all my dirt so it's just like you know so I I, I have a, a heart for both for both cities and of course the rest of South Bay but you know what's interesting is that 14 years later almost yeah 14 years later it was the end of 2008 beginning of 2009 when I said yes, and our church said yes, and our team said yes, and we merged both churches, and God had showed me a vision of what this would be 
if we said yes. And he was going to build it and he was going to be glorified. And he was, he was going to build a house. I just needed to be faith, a faithful servant. And our teams needed to be faithful servants. And I remember God showing me the vision. And I remember the scripture where it says, um, though the vision tarry, wait for it. Look at somebody say, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. It shall come to pass. And here we are 14 years later. And the vision that God showed me is what I'm beginning to see right now in our church. Come on. It's so good. I, I wish you knew how good that really was. Because the four, first four years were brutal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of us almost didn't live through it. But to God be all the glory. And we thank God for all of you being a part of the miracle that Restoration Life is. And uh, let, let's dig into his word. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your apps, whatever you may have, and I hope that you do, I want you to open up to Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. And we're going to take off there. And then we're going to close this series down today. And then next week, we're kicking off Finish the Fight. And uh, I'm excited about that series because we're going to get into the grit of spiritual, physical, emotional, and psychological warfare. And uh, we're going to get into the grid of that. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to it. Paul writes in the book of Romans to the church in Rome. He says, um, in Romans 8.34, he says, um, uh, 8.3 and 4, sorry. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did it. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled or fully met in us who do not live. That's essential. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Can we just close our eyes and bow our heads? And just give this next 35 minutes to Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you so much, Father, for your word, for your grace, for your truth. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you speak to each and every individual right where we are in our faith. Right where we are in our circumstances, in our problems, in our situation, on our mountaintops, and maybe even in our valleys. Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us as we live out and apply your living word by living in the spirit and not in the flesh so that we may walk in the freedom that you have made available to us all. And God, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, amen. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on. All right. Last week... We talked about um, how a freed life is a surrendered life and how essential it is for each and every believer, follower, disciple of Christ, every Christian to understand that, once again, let me clarify, the only way to freedom is through Jesus Christ, the Son. He made that available through the cross, the finished work of the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, and so whosoever believes in him 
not, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're born again, you've been freed by the finished work of Jesus. And God took full responsibility for your freedom by coming down in the flesh through Christ and being the ultimate sacrifice. Now, with that being said, we learned over the last couple of weeks that we as Christians have an obligation to steward that freedom. It is not God's responsibility, but it is our responsibility to steward the freedom that he has given us. Amen? So God freed us. Um, he's made freedom available. He's made power available, authority available, gifting available, purpose available, his presence available. For wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is joy. Come on, somebody, right? So we have all of this. This is ours. We, we, we don't claim it and frame it. We live in it, right? We live in it by walking it out every single day of our Christian life. Now, understanding that we have an obligation to steward our freedom, one of the things that we brought about and, and, and made, made it plain, and I have to read this portion of Scripture to go into point two, is Romans 12.1. Paul goes on to say in Romans 12.1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, um, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so Paul tells us that we have an obligation to present ourselves as a living sacrifice so that um, we can continue to walk in the freedom for which Christ Jesus made us free. But it is essential that the sacrifice that we present is holy or it will not be acceptable. And so we, we unpacked the, the understanding that you have to be completely surrendered to Jesus in every aspect of your life. In your personal relationship to the Father, in, in your reading, understanding, and study of his word, of, of, of your place in the body of Christ, because uh, at our church and in scripture, you'll recognize that, that we are all members of the church. And so we are all active or actively moving with the church. And what guides the church, the head of the church, is Christ. And so we are guided by Christ as, as the body of Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus here and now. And so it is essential that we understand our identity in Christ our gifting in Christ, um, the fact that we don't go to church, we are the church. So all these things work together for our good to live out this freedom. But we can't fragment our faith to just Sundays with God, right? God is not just in, 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 a, in a relationship with me and I with him, but God is the center of my marriage, Come on, he's the foundation of my family, right? Um, he, 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 he is, he, well, back then he was the foundation um, and, and, and the owner of the business that I, that I held and I ran. It belonged to him and I honored him with every aspect of it. Um, the way that I tithed off my business, um, the way that I treated my customers 
uh, the way that I helped the less fortunate. Um, my business represented a kingdom business, not a secular business. Yes, it was a transmission repair facility, but there were times, and I know Mitch could attest to this, um, that there were times that people were struggling and, and you just, out of the generosity of your heart, helped right where nobody else would help. Um, that you would be honest with the repair and not, not try to charge them more than what they needed, but accurately give them what they needed and help them understand what they would need next. Come on. Right? For those of you that are not real car savvy, um, everything is prehab before rehab. Preventive maintenance. Right? Before you end up having to buy a whole engine or a whole transmission or, you know, in your marriage, in your families like that too. Preventive maintenance on your family is, 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 is pretty much um, aligns with that. And so, so does parenting and every other aspect of your life. So God is not just in, in my faith and in my Sunday, but God is in my, my, my 24-7 Monday through Sunday. Um, he's with my kids at school. He's with my grandchildren. He's with every aspect of my life. When the, the house that God blessed me with. I use it to glorify God and share Jesus with my neighbors. I mean, I, I, I can't separate myself from the kingdom. I can't walk out of the kingdom. I live in the kingdom. I'm a part of the kingdom. I represent the kingdom. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom. And so I can't fragment my faith to just Sundays. It has to be every day of my life and every aspect of my life. And, and, and we'll look at this a little bit more. But it's, it's important that all of us understand that, that our faith um, rolls over to every aspect and every relationship of our life. If it doesn't, then we're not fully surrendered to God. We're not fully surrendered to God if, if we're just going, well, you know, church is for, you know, Jesus on Sunday. And then every other day I do what I do. <laughs> uh, no, you need Jesus every moment of your life and everything that you do. And um, we'll look at some of this. But so we talked about a freed life is a surrendered life. So the first thought, if you're new to restoration life, get this in your heart, is that if you're going to live the f in the freedom that which Christ ma made us free for, then you're going to have to fully surrender every aspect of your life to God. Absolutely every aspect of your life. Um, I, I love going spearfishing. I love going fishing. Um, it, it is one of the one of the best defrags for me. Playing in the water, in the salt water, it, it, that, that's my playground. It's it, the ocean is my playground. I love it. But even when I go out with other guys from our church or other path, it, it, it's always a kingdom thing, right? It, we we have fun shooting fish and bringing them home and filleting them and making ceviche and fish tacos and and all that stuff. But what 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 I enjoy about that time together with other men is the fellowship of the saints, is being together in Christ and celebrating Christ. Um, I, I, I love that um, last year uh, South Bay locals jumped me into the car club. And I went to my first meeting yesterday and that was so cool. I, I, I love being there. Um, but, but, you know, I, I'm building a little uh, Volkswagen for my, for my grandson when he graduates high school so that he can remember Papa for the rest of his life. And... Um, and I love doing that for him, but, but I love being there because I represent restoration life in the kingdom. And I re 
represent the church. And so even though like cars and motorcycles and all, I love that stuff. But I don't disconnect the kingdom from that stuff. Right? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? And so even when, when it comes to your career, whatever your career, whatever you're looking to do for the rest of your life. Um, parents, um, I would not send your teenager to school if they don't know what they want to do with the rest of their life. Like they need to really pray about it and find the mind of God and get some direction because you're going to pull out some, some cheddar to make sure that they finish that school, right? So, so know what they want to do, right, and then facilitate it for them. Uh, but don't let them go in with a question mark. I've seen too much heartache in that. In fact, make sure they go to a Bible college. Come on, somebody. Right? So... So all these things are essential to our lives as Christians and as believers. And so the first mark is a fully surrendered life. Here's the second mark. And, and we'll, close, we'll close in just a little bit. But um, if we're going to have a life of freedom, then we're, our minds are going to have to have the mind of Christ. Our, if our minds have not been set free, we can't live in freedom. We need a freed mind. Aristotle said... It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. It's an interesting thing that he said because you are going to be bombarded with a lot of different th types of thoughts that you have to process through God's word. Because if you can't process them through God's word and affirm them, then you need to reject them for your life. And this is how we live in a freed life. Somebody said when your mind is full of assumptions, conclusions, and beliefs, it has no penetration. It just repeats past impressions. It's important for you to understand the importance of putting on the mind of Christ. And I know a lot of you are like, well, how do I do that? Like, how do I put on the mind of Christ? Um, because it is essential to living the freed life that God has called us to live. And so the main idea is, is that it's interesting to note that Paul says that a renewed mind is essential to God's plan and direction for our lives. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul writes, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. And so this is why sometimes when you and I talk to somebody about Jesus and they reject what we're saying about Jesus is because the Holy Spirit hasn't revealed himself to them as of yet. Because God chooses who he wants and refuses those that would reject him. Bible says many are called, few are chosen. Think about this with me. You cannot come to a place of repentance unless the Holy Spirit leads you to repentance. And so the way that the Holy Spirit leads us to repentance and you know that it's the Holy Spirit is like when you say something you say you know you shouldn't have said. You did something you know that you shouldn't have done. Come on, you, you, you went about something in a way that you shouldn't have gone about it in. 
and you feel this conviction, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you and saying, that does not align with my word, and that does not align with my leading, and you need to repent. And in that moment, you need to respond with God, forgive me, I repent, I'm sorry, and I will correct it. That is somebody that is being led by the Spirit, and the grace of God covers the sin. Somebody say amen. Are you, are you tracking with me? Somebody that rejects the word of God does not discern the things of God because they're in the flesh and not in the spirit. And so the gospel is a call for the unbeliever to repent of their sin and embrace Christ by faith. The interesting thing about repentance is that when you look at the Greek translation of repentance, it carries the idea of a changed mind. Listen, you're never going to change your behavior unless your mind is changed. You're never going to change the way you go about doing things and the way that you filter things unless your mind has been changed. What we know in our minds to be true forms a conviction in our hearts of that truth. And that conviction in our hearts translates into action. Therefore, as the Bible teaches us, we have to renew our minds. Ephesians 4, 22, Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Ephesus and he says, you were taught, here's the knowledge. Now, hear me clearly. Because it's not enough for you to get knowledge, you need wisdom. You need the spirit of discernment. You need to know how to apply that knowledge in its proper place, and that's where wisdom comes in. So Paul says, you were taught, here's the knowledge, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so the only way to replace the error of our previously unenlightened ways of thinking is to replace it with God's divine truth. That's why Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will what? It'll set you free. And then Jesus follows up with saying, I am the way, the truth. Right? The Bible says, if God be true, let every man be a liar. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so everything about our Christianity has to align with God's biblical truth in its context. Because I've been, listen, I've been um, guilty of this as a, as a young or an immature Christian. That I didn't know scripture and I misused script, scripture growing up in Christianity. Um, because I wasn't re really fervent about my study of the word of God. But once I got serious of, in studying God's word, I realized that there were things that were taken out of context. And that were not biblical truths. They were just things that I caught that were being taught from the pulpit 
But I want to encourage you that anything you hear me or anybody else teach from this pulpit, go and affirm it in God's word within its context. It's okay to question things. Don't just sit there and receive everything thinking that everything is always truth. Make sure that it aligns with the text. Because if you, if, if you study something out, what you'll see that context is everything. I know a lot of students are going, yeah, pastor, come on, get them. Right? Context, context, context. Even, even in our communication with one another. When we talk to one another and, and we have this conversation and then somebody jumps in the Kool-Aid. You know, this is an A and B, see your way out. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want to taste the flavor, don't even, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? You want to taste the Kool-Aid but don't know the flavor. Um, a lot of people jump into things not knowing the full story and then make assumptions, which has gotten a lot of us into trouble, right? And, and I, heard, I heard it said this way one time. It said, you know, um, are you already playing? It's only 1240. Oh, they told you? Okay. How do I say this? When you take something out of context, you're just left with the con. And the enemy has conned so many of us into believing things that are inaccurate. And we'll hold a position to those things. And we'll fight for those things and even mess up relationships over those things over something that you didn't really study out at all. And so uh, you need the full context. And this is why we, we do what we do on Sunday. Sundays, we understand that our church is a hospital for sinners. But it's also a boot camp for the saints. To be equipped to go out into all the world and preach the gospel accurately. Showing yourself approved. It's, it's interesting that the only infallible source that we have at our, disposable, at our disposal is God's word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Romans 1.18 says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and not wickedness of people. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Romans 1.25 says... They exchange the truth about God for a lie and they worship and serve created things rather than the creator who forever is praised. Amen. This is why it is so essential for you to become uh, students of God's word. And, and you have no excuse at Restoration Life because we've made everything available to you at no cost to you for you to grow in your faith because hearing comes by the word of God. And if you're going to walk in this freedom, the only way to put on the mind of Christ is to get the word of God in you. Get the word of God in you. All right? Get the word of God in you. This is a discipline that I know, I don't know, I don't like to read. Well, listen to the Bible then. You got guys orating. Our app will, will read it to you. If, you have a, if, if you're like me, you fall asleep when you read too much. It's like, okay, just leave the word of God on. Leave the word of God on. Just read it. You're on a long drive, man, put Tupac away. Put on the word of God, right? <laughs> All right. 
crazy thing is that there's no shortcut to renewing your mind. You, you have to put in the work. And what does that look like? Um, because I don't have a lot of time, thanks to Vienna. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, when, you, when you're pursuing God with everything, every, your heart, your mind, your soul, everything. And you're like, God, I need to put on your mind because my mind is jacked up. And trust me, I've been there lots of times. Um, this past week I was dealt a very heavy thing to navigate through. And in honesty, I, don't, I didn't know, like, like, like I knew scripture, but like things didn't pop up in scripture to me for me able to just go, okay, here's the wisdom in this. And so like any good leader should do, as opposed to just shoot from the hip, I'm like, you know what, let me, let me pray about this, let me process this. Um, the first person I'm going to go to is I'm going to go to the Holy Ghost and I'm going to go, I need your wisdom. Bible says if you need wisdom, ask God and will freely give you wisdom. And so God, I need wisdom in this. God, I don't know how to approach this. I may know what your, your Bible says about this. I know what your word says about this. Um, but I need to know how to articulate this in a way that uh, diminishes or minimizes um, chaos and, and brings fruit out of this in a way that benefits everybody involved. And so I go to God in wisdom. And then in going to God in wisdom, I know that I have to align that wisdom by the, with the knowledge of his word. Because I can't teach or counsel anything that is unbiblical. Because this is not about Eddie's opinion or Restoration Life's opinion. This is about what God has to say about this. And sometimes what God has to say about something can come across as very harsh um, when you're hurting. But the reality is, is that when you confront it in truth and grace, restoration is the fruit that comes out of it. If the person is willing to submit to what God says. Right? So I go to God in wisdom through prayer. And when, you, when I say prayer, I mean like you need to pray about it. Like spend time in prayer. Get along with other people to come alongside of you in prayer. Like don't, don't make any decisions until God speaks. And, and, and some of you might, might be like, well, I, I, you know, I, I can't hear God. Open your Bible. You'll hear him every single day of your life. Right? So go to God in prayer. Ask God for wisdom. And then my second step is I'm, I'm going to go seek wise counsel. I'm going to go to other men or other women that have wisdom in this area, and I'm going to ask them um, for biblical guidance, led by the Holy Spirit. Like, if, if I'm a married person and I'm going through difficult times, I'm not going to go to a single person. They just want you to be single with them. You should leave that vato. You know, just like... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll just tell you stupid stuff. Let's just go to the bar. Let's just hang out. Welcome back, you know. <laughs> That's usually what happens. And I'm not talking about the singles in our church. They're holy. Right? If I'm a single person and, and I'm about to get married, I'm not going to go ask for wisdom from another single person. I'm going to go look for quality, Christian, mature marriages that can help disciple me and my future spouse, right? If I'm dealing with an addiction, I'm not going to go to an addict and ask him his, his, his you know. <laughs> What'd you say, bro? <laughs> yeah, I hear it. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just stupid. You'd be surprised how many people do that. 
Like, they won't go to their leaders because they know what their leaders are going to say then. You need wisdom. So I'm going to go to wisdom. I'm going to go to God for wisdom. I'm going to go to the Word for wisdom. I'm going to go to leaders or Christians that I depend on and have a, have a testimony for wisdom. And, and then I'm going to wait on God. Here, here's, here's the part where a lot of us mess up. You know, we, 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 we shortcut God and God's like, just wait. I'm doing something that you can't see. Your problem is that you're not patient. And if you would just wait on me, I'll renew your strength. I will mount you up with wings like eagles. You shall run and not grow faint. You will be stronger than you. Like, like when we wait on God, like I wait 14 years to see what restoration life would become. And I get to see it today. When my mom got saved and I got to baptize my mom, I waited for years to see that happen. When I, when I was able to lead my grandfather and my grandmother to Christ, I waited years to be able to do that. Listen, I'm still praying for my brother. I'm still praying for my sister. I'm still praying for my aunts and uncles. I'm still praying for my siblings. I'm not giving up on them because if I wait on God, God will do it. It's not me. God will do it. And I want to encourage somebody here today. Listen, don't give up on your family. Pray for them. Pray for them. Lift them up. Pastor, you don't know. He's, he's, he's like a devil. It's okay. He can set them free. So we need to put on the mind of Christ. What does that look like? What that looks like is that you and I are living in the spirit and not in the flesh. And what that looks like is that when I put on the mind of Christ throughout my life, what I'm doing is like, when somebody hurts me, what I immediately do is I give it to God. And I'm like, God, what would you do? And then God reminds me, as the Holy Spirit always does of his word, well, you got to forgive them before I can forgive you. Well, how do I know that? Because I put on the mind of Christ. Like when I, when I approach a situation and I feel like, man, what should I do in this situation? The mind of Christ puts me back to his word. And he, and he gives me wisdom and discernment on how to navigate that. We have to bring every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's how we put on the mind of Christ. We, we put on the mind of Christ by making ourselves obedient to God's word. And always referencing God's word when something happens. God, she's tripping. She acted up today. My food was salty. She mad-dogged me the whole night. She didn't treat the kids all that good. I'm going to be mad at her. And God says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Like, ah, what can I do? I have to be obedient, right? When I see somebody hurting out in the streets, God said, like, immediately when I see them, as much as you've done to the least of them, you've done it unto me. I have the mind of Christ. I have to be obedient to that. Then there are times that somebody comes up to me and says, the Lord told me. Be careful of people that say that to you. The Lord told me that you were going to bless me with this much. And if you bless me with this much, I'm like, you know what? If God wanted me to bless you, he would have talked to me before he would have talked to you. You got to put on the mind of Christ. 
you got to be able to discern because not everybody asking for a handout is, is somebody who's in need, but it's somebody who's in greed. Because sometimes we enable people to live as beggars as opposed to seeing them set free from that so that they can live in the blessing that God has prepared for them. Am I talking to anybody? The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible says, so if you know the Bible and you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you the response because you put on the mind of Christ. You're not living in the flesh, you're living in the Spirit. And because I'm living in the Spirit, I'm living in freedom. Come on, somebody. And it is for freedom that Christ Jesus set us free. Somebody say amen. I love what Jesus said in John 17 when he prayed over us. He said, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world just like, or any more than I am not of the world. So Jesus is putting us in the same category that he's put in. Isn't that incredible? He's talking to the Father. He's got God. Restoration life is not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. And here's the problem. The problem for some of you, not all of you, the problem for some of you that are new in Christ is you're still trying to navigate your transition out of darkness and into light by trying to fit into both places. And God never called you to fit in. He always called you to stand out to be a shining light, to take a stand, right? You can't have one foot in the church and one foot out the church. Sooner or later, that door is gonna slam. And so I wanna encourage you to dive all in and to be all in with Jesus. Here's the danger, and I'll close. The danger is an unstable mind. An unstable mind is a double-minded mind. You cannot trust anything to anyone with a double-minded mind. This is going to hurt. It's going to hurt. James 1, 2 through 8 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? You should ask. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. It's not like God's going, you're asking me for wisdom again, tonto, like you should know by now. God doesn't do that. God freely distributes wisdom. And then he says, but when you ask, watch this, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Watch this. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. James 4, 7, and 8 continues to say, submit yourselves to God, then, I'm sorry, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, 
and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So he's calling the double-minded person a sinner with an impure heart. And this is where we get ourselves into trouble. We know God's truth, but our double-mindedness causes us to assume things that are not true and create drama, or for some of you, more Hispanic novelas that aren't even real. Then you're fighting and quarreling and getting into trouble over assumptions rather than to taking it to God and His Word and filtering everything out through this way. Jesus had in mind such a person when He spoke to the one who tries to serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24, he says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God, yeah, and the devil. Spirit of mammon, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil, and having a lot of it isn't evil either problem is can you steward the little so that he can give you a lot more to steward like I listen everything that I read like we don't have a prosperity gospel but God prospers us in so many ways but he prospers us because we can steward the blessing that glorifies him and not ourselves we always point back to Jesus Jesus was very clear. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve her. You gotta love one and hate the other. This is a double-minded person, right? And this comes from the Greek word, which literally means unsteady, wavering both in his character and feelings, and yes, even their theology. And so it's important for us to understand that an unstable person is always in conflict, first and foremost with themselves, and then with everybody else. You, you can be a peacemaker between different people in different situations, but not at the expense of truth. God wants us to be peacemakers and he blesses the peacemakers. But some of us are so passive with truth that it's actually camouflaged to make people feel better with a slight lie. And any lie is still a lie. And you know who the father of lies is? The devil. And so there's no good white lie, just like there isn't any good santeria. It's all witchcraft little sage that you put in your house and cleanse the energy in this room. That's witchcraft. Witchcraft. A little crystal that you hold on to and pray for good luck. Witchcraft. Come on. You go talk to that person that can read your future. Witchcraft. There's nothing good about it. It's camouflaged, but it's evil. 
1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 16 says, this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but by the words of the, of the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Come on, stand to your feet today. Stand to your feet with me today. You good? Come on, anybody equipped? Anybody grown a little bit? Anybody ready to walk and live in freedom? All right. Let's close our eyes for just a moment. You know that you know that you know that there are a lot of things that you're dealing with in your Christianity that have attached to them a sense of double-mindedness. You need to surrender your mind to Christ right now. You need to purify your heart. You need to repent and make things right with the Father. That's you. Raise both hands, eyes closed. Surrender to God right now. You're the kind of person that makes too many assumptions without investigating truth, confronting it. And you've gotten yourself into trouble and you're reaping some of that. But today's the day that you stop that, that stuff. You, you know what? I'm going to put on the mind of Christ because I want to live in freedom. That's you. Raise your hands. Come on. I don't want to make any more assumptions about, about my family, about my faith, about my children. God, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to seek out wisdom. I'm going to seek out your word, your spirit. I'm going to be led. I'm going to get affirmation. I'm going to make quality decisions because they are aligned with biblical truth. Tonight or this morning, man, there's turmoil in your mind. Man, you're struggling to get control of your mind. You're, you're struggling to make it submit to the Spirit of God. But your heart's desire is to pursue Jesus with everything that's within you. But man, there's this mind battle happening. There are these spiritual thoughts that are happening in your mind but you want to be set free from that today. That's you. Raise your hands. Come on. I need to be set free. I need to be set free today. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You don't know him as Lord and Savior. You're not pursuing him. You're not following him. You're not submitted to him. You're not fully surrendered to him. But today's the day of salvation and you would say, I need Jesus. Would you raise one hand and say, Pastor, that's me. So I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for everybody else. And we're going to seal this in a time of worship. For those of you that are being born again or coming home, you're in a backslidden condition, but today you want to come home to Jesus. The Bible says that he's married to the backslider. God never divorces his sons and daughters. There's reconciliation right now for you and the Father. And I believe this is your moment. This is your come back to Jesus moment. And this is your come to Jesus moment. And if it is, say this prayer after me and say it to God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I fully surrender to you. I believe that you died and rose again for me. Save me. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my past and I give you my future. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
that in your grace and in your truth, I can live for you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Come on, I want to welcome you home this morning. I want to welcome you home to Jesus. All right. Now, everybody else, this message resonated with you. Put your hands on. Come on, you're going to lay hands on yourself today. Jesus, come on, say it after me. Say, Jesus, cleanse my mind. I submit my mind, my thoughts, the way that I think to you. Free me from the pain of my past. Free me from everything and anything that doesn't belong in there. I submit it to you, to your word, to your Holy Spirit. I put on the mind of Christ and make it submit to your authority. And God, I give you all the glory. Bring peace, bring wisdom, bring understanding in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a big shout of praise. Jesus is just so fun and full of joy and we just encourage you this morning to walk away knowing that truth and remember it not just today but every single day if today was your first time here with us we're so glad that you were able to be here whether you were here in person or even if you joined us online we want to make sure that you know you're so welcome here so if it was your first time or if you gave your life to Christ for the very first time today we want you to pull out your phone and scan the QR code that's going to be here on the screen and also right after service you can walk outside of these doors and our VIP team is ready to welcome you and to meet you we don't want you um, to feel like you have to do this on your own we want to do it with you and help you with the next step because this is just the beginning um, we love you guys so much and we hope you have a blessed day